Yes, Father God, we thank you. We thank you. We give you praise and thanksgiving for what you have been and who you are and what you are doing, Lord God. We pray that you tuck us all into the safety of the palm of your hand, that we'd feel your peace, sense your presence, and be of good cheer. I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us. You sus- sustained uh, <laughs> the wounds of the enemy to uh, procure for us our salvation. You justified us through you taking on our iniquities and becoming a curse for us. And I thank you, Lord God, that we are we are grateful. There was nothing we could do for ourselves. You did it. And we praise you and we thank you for the finished work. You said it is finished. And thank you for giving us power over all the part of the enemy, not to grow weary in well-doing, but in all in everything to give thanks and to make our supplications known to you, Lord God. We thank you for giving us power to bind and loose and to forbid and to know the truth. And you said you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. So thank you for giving us the revelation of your love, your truth, and the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for the promises that no weapon formed against us will prosper. We ask for that divine protection now more than ever as the world is rocking and sinking and and, and being thrashed to and fro by the enemy. Father God, we pray for divine protection for the remnant, for the people of the, of your the sheep of your pasture, Lord God, that you are the Lord God and the good shepherd. And we thank you now for giving us wisdom. Give everyone eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive, and, and a heart and a desire and a will to decide and determine that we will follow Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, did you, there's something that maybe we don't think about very often. That's very powerful, actually. Yeah, and the command of the Lord. The Lord has mm-hmm. commanded us mm-hmm. to be of good cheer. Yes, yes. God loves the cheerful be giver. Of good God cheer. is, God is, God, and yes. sometimes we think, oh, that's not just an empty phrase, you know, that we use at, you know, Christmas time or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, but he says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. So he mm-hmm. repeats it twice. Yes. He says, In case you didn't catch that, mm-hmm. I'm going to say it again. All right. Wasn't he writing this rejoice? He was in prison. He was in jail. What he was saying. He's in prison. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, let your gentleness Mm -hmm. or your graciousness or forbearance, graciousness, patience, graciousness, yeah, and patience be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. The The Lord Lord is is right here. He's at hand. In more ways than one. He's in us, right? As your believer, Christ is Mm -hmm. in you. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Then he says in verse six. Be anxious for nothing. That is a command. That's a command. Don't be, you know, how much anxiety and fear, fear is gripping the world. Jesus said in the last days, Mm -hmm. men's hearts would be failing them for fear just because of their thinking about the things that are coming on the earth. Well, be anxious for nothing. How many people that is the whole, uh, uh, I don't know, attack, assault, uh, on your life is you're anxious, you're worried, you don't know what's going to happen. And the anxiety has to do with fear of the future mm-hmm. and what is going to happen. So he says, be anxious for nothing. In other words, you don't know everything I do. We'll be fine. Let everything, he says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with what? 
Thanksgiving. Yeah, there it is. Let your request be known to God. And, and I think back in Romans 1 where it says, and they were not thankful. When, when people weren't oh. thankful or grateful or acknowledging God is the one true God, everything slipped into degeneration and de- uh, debased right. minds and uh, immorality. So yep, exactly. Thanksgiving is an attitude of gratitude that's, that really expresses health. And right, because we hear oftentimes, we read oftentimes, when you read the Old Testament, Israel in the wilderness, a lot of times they were grumbling. They were complaining, oh, is God with us or not? And and so thankfulness, gratitude is the best attitude, right? So be thankful in, 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 every, in everything by prayer and supplication. No, prayer, that is faith, prayer, actually. Prayer is, talking about there is is basically that general communion with the Lord, okay? Mm -hmm. And then supplication is more of the specific requests. Mm -hmm. So he says, uh, let your requests be made known to God. With prayer and thanksgiving. And, And you know, thanksgiving is an act of faith. It really is because when anxiety is knocking at your door, pounding at your door, what's gonna happen? Oh no, this and that. What could go wrong? You know, anxiety is beating down your door, but you are behind that door and you're thanking God and rejoicing. That is how you defeat the spirit of fear and anxiety is by standing and having done all to withstand in the evil day. And part of that is being thankful. And that's really not that hard to do. I mean, you know, people think, well, I have to feel all these things, but you can begin to express gratitude and thanks to God, uh, even, even though your flesh, mind, will, and emotions are not feeling it in your spirit, you are knowing that everything is going to be okay. Yeah. And in, in verse uh, in Second Corinthians chapter nine, I, one of my favorite verses, eight, he says, "And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work." So God is there to bless us. He doesn't want us to be uh, fearful. He doesn't want us to be be uh, double minded. He doesn't, and that's a problem. Double mindedness steals a lot of people's. Uh, answers to prayer. Did you know that? Well, it's a spirit of confusion. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is, okay. Is God for me or not? Is he going to answer me or not? It doesn't mm. look like he's going to come through. What I'm feeling this. I have these symptoms here. I don't believe, you know, and so there's that battle, that debate going on between your soul, mind, will, and emotions, and your spirit. Your spirit says, I know that God is faithful. I know he's good. I know this is all going to work out. It's going to be okay. But your your body, your mind, your soul, your will, uh, your heart, they are all kind of in concert against the truth because they have been, our souls, our flesh has been trained up, programmed in this world and so been indoctrinated by the, the oh no's and the what ifs and it's not going to work out and last time it didn't happen and God didn't answer this prayer. All these things Satan's reminding you of to make you believe that it's not going to work, it's not going to be okay. Yeah, and and uh, I believe it's in, in John, First John, it says, if we ask anything according to his will, mm-hmm. he hears us. So no, according to his will, sometimes we say, okay, what's your will, Lord? Okay, and, uh, and that's significant. I mean, basically his word expresses his will, his written word. He, but he hears us, and if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that, that we've, we've asked, asked of him. Mm-hmm. So, so Lord, discern. When in every situation, okay, Lord, what is your will here? What is it that you want here? And sometimes there's uh, 
there's a mystery to it. Sometimes well, the mystery of his will, a mystery in the scripture is not like a mystery novel. It's like something hidden that's being revealed. Mm-hmm. And he says, my sheep know my voice. So as we're going, we, we, we walk by faith, right? The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. We're not walking by sight and or so by feeling. So we're walking, mm-hmm. right? It's a walk. It's a steady, progressive thing. And God is revealing his will to us if we're tuned into him. Yeah, but the other, he will reveal his will to us, and his will actually can be that it doesn't have to be such a mystery, because you can say, you know what, I want your will, Lord God, Thy will be done, O God, on earth and in through me as it's being done and declared in heaven. Mm-hmm. So even though you don't exactly know specifically what that will look like, you've already given the situation uh, over to God, and you're saying, God, it's your will. I'm I'm voting with you. Lead me by your spirit. So it doesn't have to be a mystery, even though you don't know all the particular details of it. Um, just like when Jesus was in John 14, he was preparing to leave. And this is a big deal. Um, you know, he's this John 14, 15, 16, those verses and chapters. He's actually in chapter 14, he's, he's already washed the feet of the disciples. He's in, the, in that place we would call the, the Last Supper. And he's got, you know, he talks for four or five chapters about things. But in he starts out in 14 with, um, well, back up into 13, he says, this is really important, 34, he says, 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. Now notice in Matthew twenty four ten. He's saying in the last days, the hearts of many would grow cold, uh, lawlessness would abound, they would they would hate, they would betray one another. Many uh, would be offended. Yes. And betray one another. And, and, and many yeah. false prophets would arise. All of that has to be going on as a as a resistance to what he's telling them to do. He says, be you know, love one another. They will know you are my disciples by the love. And we can see today that the love of many is growing cold because of division, because of bitterness, because of anger, because of injustice, a lot of injustice. And so people are having a hard time staying focused on on, on the truth, the reality, the goodness of what Jesus is saying. So in 14, John 14, he's beginning to encourage them. Um, he's talking about going somewhere. And Peter said, well, where are you going? Um, we don't know where you're going. And Jesus says, where I'm going, you can't come right now. And then he goes on to say in fourteen one, he says, "Let not your hearts be troubled. Your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me." So here's the crunch, the big crunch, Jerry. Do we really believe what we believe, or what we say we believe enough to walk it out in a very treacherous, scary time? And he says, "Let not your heart be troubled. Permit it words, not to be. Don't, don't let permit. it." And so, in a mm-hmm. sense, we have control there mm-hmm. if we sense ourselves becoming fearful and anxious. Or discouraged. Yeah. And in the scripture, the psalm, psalmist wrote, he says, what time I am afraid, I will trust in you. Mm-hmm. So trust overcomes fear. And it comes to our spirit, God's spirit bearing witness with our spirit that it's going to be okay. And so I, I think the verse two where it says, um, in the Amplified, it says in uh, Romans six twelve, let not sin rule as king. Let not, don't let it, don't permit it to rule as king in your mortal, short-lived, perishable body to make you, to make you obey it in its lusts, evil passions, and cravings. So there's a, here's another spirit uh, that's a fear that's trying to get a hold of us, and, and we're not to permit it to prevail. 
perfect love casts out fear. So the, the only antidote for fear or anxiety is thanksgiving, declaring the faithfulness of God. And here he says, uh, don't, don't give in to that fear. Don't give in to that, that fear of what, what might be ahead. Um, you believe in God, believe also in me. We, it, with this belief comes the knowing that God is for us, that God is good and good all the time. And God is not, he's not going to abandon us. He's not going to leave us. So he says, then he goes on to say something really fine, really cool. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. Now he had not really talked about this really much before with the disciples, but now we're at that time of, you know, he's going away. Where is he going? What is he going to do? Why does he have to go? Um, he says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. So Obviously, there was some preparation that needed yet to be done to prepare for the bride, the remnant, the body of Christ to be with him, joined with him forever. So he's going there up in heaven to do some preparation, whatever that all might look like. But he said there are many mansions. And so our definition of mansion might be different than whatever. Yeah, well, it means dwelling places. You Mm -hmm. know, it's not necessarily a a a Victorian mansion. Uh, Yeah. 30,000 square feet or something. Yeah, and, and you know what? It, just being with him is a mansion enough. But mm-hmm. anyway, he says, I go to prepare a place. So he's got more work he's got to do. He's got to leave to do that. But there's another thing he's got, why he's got to leave. He says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. So he's saying, I'm going, I'm coming back. I'm getting this place ready for you. And you know, interesting enough, when the bridegroom uh, is engaged to the bride at that, um, uh, that um, where they betrothed to one another, mm-hmm. he goes away with his father back to his father's house to build a, 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 an abode, mm-hmm. uh, a room or a dwelling mm-hmm. place mm-hmm. on the father's mm-hmm. house, mm-hmm. And a, a lean-to or whatever, addition, for the bride, so that she can be with him living in his father's house. And then when that's ready, at the right time, and the father tells the son when it's when time, it's time to mm-hmm. go get the bride. So that's yeah. where we're at. This is a picture of mm-hmm. what we're waiting for. We've got, he's the bridegroom. We're betrothed. We're, we've, we're engaged. And we're here. And we're not going to flirt around with and, and have an affair with the world because we're true to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, no matter what, no matter what it looks like, and he is coming back. So we are really believing that he doesn't lie. We're believing that he's good. And he says, then Philip and, and Thomas are asking, well, what, what, where are we going? I don't know. How do we get there? And Jesus gave them a very cool answer, but it really didn't answer what they were asking. Well, it did and it didn't. He says, how do we know the way is what they were asking. And Jesus says, I am the way. So when we're in Jesus... We're in the way. We're on the way. We're, we're being carried um, mm-hmm. through the, the journey. And he says, I am the truth. I am the life. He is everything we need. He is our life. He is the way to eternal life. He is, no one comes to the Father except through me. So another thing is to keep in mind is that when we're acknowledging the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. or don't depend on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's right. So when we're looking to him, we're acknowledging him, Lord, what is it? Lead me, guide me. And and one of, you know, the will of God is always love. 
right? Yes. So he says, by this shall and life, yeah, you know, love one another. This is the commandment. Mm-hmm. So it's always time to love. There's always time and, and plenty how, of people to, to, that need love. And, and how do we? And the Lord will show us how to express that love. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, well, that's true. And he said, you know, that's exact. This is the new commandment, not that you legalistically attend to all of these little. Um, rules uh, and regulations and statutes and things of the Old Testament because it's all now combined into the bottom line, which is to love one another and and so fulfill all the law, he said. Um, but then he says, he goes on in Je- John 14, um, talking about, you know, them being with him and the well, Father dwells with him and he with him. Yeah, and he's he's giving them an assignment here. You know, Jesus, they've, these guys have left everything to follow Jesus. And then mm-hmm. he says, okay, I'm going. It's like, well, what do we do now? Well, he's reassuring them too. But he's, he, this is all this is about. He basically goes through um, <laughs> chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 16, chapter 17. Well, uh, he's all Much of this is preparing his disciples for his going. And, and he says it's best for you that I that I go. Okay, so he's he, he's really re reviewing with them what it means to believe in him. Uh, in verse ten he says, um, well he talks to Philip in nine, he says, you know, have you been so long with me and you still don't know who I am? He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? This is the bottom line. That to believe what Jesus said, that he is the Son of God, that he is in the Father, the Father is in him. The Father was doing those works that Jesus did. Those were the Father's works, the Father's ideas. Jesus was just loving, giving the Father opportunity to express his love for the people and raising Lazarus from the dead and, 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 and curing this one and healing that one and giving this one back their sight. This was the Father's heart. Um, he said, the words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. So this is now, they're, they're, he's taking him up to another step. You believed in me. You saw what I did, that you attributed the, to me those, that power and those author, that authority. But he says, but I'm telling you, it wasn't me who did it. It was the Father, he says. And so now if you believe in me, he says, it's, it's easy. Next step, believe in the Father. Most assuredly, verse 12, I say to you that he who believes in me Okay, do we believe in Jesus? What do we believe in Jesus? What do we believe about Jesus? What do we believe? That he loves us, that he's good, that he died for us, that he's coming back, that he keeps his word, that he's powerful, that he can he has authority over storms and tempests and demons and all kinds of things. What do we believe? He, he who believes in me, that would be, knows that he knows that he knows that I am who I say I am. The works that I do, he will do also. Wow. Okay, we're going to be a transfer of work, authority, power, miracles, healings, and greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. It could be greater in number, it could be greater in, in astonishment, but I don't know if you can get much greater than raising the dead. But um, So he's saying, I'm going to transfer my power just like I believe the Father and did the works through, uh, the Father wanted me to do. Now I'm going to give it to you and you're going to do the works I want you to do. We're going to do it together. You're going to believe in me and I'm going to do greater works through you. And that's it. It's the greater uh, there is that multiplied. These works are going to be multiplied because there's more people doing. Because them. there's, you know, Jesus has. It's not just Jesus mm-hmm. right here doing these things. A father doing the things through Jesus, but now the Father is 
you know, Father through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit is, is doing those works and, through us. And here, listen to this. He says, um, he says, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So the reason for these greater works, these astonishing miracles, is that the Father may be glorified through the Son, and the Son, and we and the Son may be glorified through us. So when you're doing greater works, calling for miracles, crying out, making petition, it's not about you. It's not about people thinking you're great. It's about you wanting to glorify Jesus Christ and be a conduit or a transfer of that authority and power from the Father to the Son to us to the need, the point of contact. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. These are some of the biggest, most difficult scriptures that are printed in red in the Bible because he says, uh, you know, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. it. You know, this is a blank check, but people don't know how to handle a blank check. They don't know how to cash it. They they said we asked in his name and Jesus didn't do it and something was wrong and it didn't work. And so rather than God being glorified, it, there's a there's a stumbling. God is. Uh, We're stumbling. He, he becomes suspect. Well, you know. In the minds of people sometimes. Well, he says in chapter 16, verse one, these things I've spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. So there's a stumbling, a doubt, an unbelief. Why didn't it happen? What's going on? Why? And, you know, Jesus had a perfect record. Everybody he prayed for was healed and, and or delivered or whatever they all needed. It, there was nobody that went away, un, mm-hmm. you know, untouched. And, and so, but you see, he, the thing is that, that we want that perfect record. So we have to be really walking in a place of, of a total abiding in him and be aware of what time it is. Sometimes, you know, um, it may be that we ask for this or that. Maybe it's not the right time. We, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just saying that when you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray to the Father. So as we're doing this, do this for one motive, and that is for Jesus Christ to be known in this very, very evil, evil beyond evil, beyond any imagination of evil, dark, treacherous, vile world that we're living in right now where people are suffocating under the under the pressure of so much atrocity and bloodshed and carnage and unthinkable, unimaginable, evil acts when the darkness is everywhere and it's all yet set up to be the light. And we know it's not the light. We know it's a false light. We know it's a spirit of divination. That's when the true light, the light of God, the love of God, the work of God, the answers. See, when God answers our prayers and people hear us and see us praying those things, they'll say, oh, oh, just like when they saw Jesus's prayers, we had an answer by the Father. Oh, the Father is real. Oh, he heard Jesus. Oh, Jesus has got some connection here. Oh, and so this is our opportunity to bring light into the darkness by glorifying God and by not being afraid to ask and believe for anything that needs to be asked for in his name. He says in, in John fourteen sixteen, and I will pray, mm-hmm. after he says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper or comforter, okay? That uh, he may abide with you forever. That he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth. He's talking about sending the Holy Spirit, the mm-hmm. spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. Okay, this is, this is, this is simply 
and will be in you for the believers, mm-hmm. right? He will be dwells with, not only with you but in you. So, he said, "I will not leave you orphans. Yep. I will come to you." So abandonment. This is what they must have been feeling just about then, at the Last Supper. What's going on? It's a dark night. Nobody knows. Somebody's just been going to betray him. We're going to be abandoned. What's Jesus? Don't worry. I'm not going to abandon. You're going to be my sons. You are my sons, and you're my sons. Mm-hmm. He says, "I'm not. You're not going to be my uh, orphans." Mm-hmm. And then he says, "I'm going to send a helper, the, the third person of the Trinity, uh, to abide in you, the helper who came on Pentecost to abide in them. The helper is the one who is now to be the one who leads you, directs you, guides you, protects you, uh, counsels you. See, most of us have been guided and, and led, misled." by the demon counselors of hell who parade themselves as false benefactors, angels of light, uh, do-gooding, religious, promoting, pious deceivers in our lives, making us think that, that because you know they know we want to do the right thing and be good and walk in God's grace and power, these d- demons come in to pretend to be our counselors and we don't discern it. But now he says, nope, no more of that demonic counsel that looks to be me i am casting that out you are going to be filled with the holy spirit and mm-hmm. with the holy spirit there you will not need all of this this support from satan because satan is really setting you up giving you a problem and then solving the problem and getting you on this torture rack so you are not your own you're just his plaything and you have to remember that the Holy Spirit is not just some magical force. He's a spirit. He's a person. He's a person. He's mm-hmm. a person of the Godhead. You can and, talk to him. And you can talk to him, and he and he operates through you. He gives you wisdom. He leads you. Uh, he leads us into all truth and all righteousness. He calls to mind, he tells us later on, Jesus records this in John um, 14 and 16. He says he's going to, well, well. Here, here's what he says. I'm kind of jumping ahead here. But the helper, John 14, 26, the helper, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So he identifies the helper. As the Holy so Spirit. So God is the there to help you. Whom the Father will send in my name, he will what? teach you all things. Mm-hmm. And bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Yes, and you know how that works. Sometimes you're preaching or talking or sharing something with someone, and all of a sudden you're saying stuff that you're shocked that you're saying that you didn't know you knew from the Bible, for example, words or verses or or admonition or encouragements. Words are coming out of you that you didn't even know were in you. But that was that is the Holy Spirit who's then at that point bringing things to your mind and understanding to use you to help that other person. Yeah, and it's it's we call it the anointing. Now the mm-hmm. anointing is is the what the the presence of God, the power of God. Moving into the flow, I think, Moving of the Holy into Spirit. The flow. In, in other will. words, there's sometimes you know, um we we kind of talk out of our own minds and our own mm-hmm. heads and stuff and then there's times where we just like you're saying Marjorie when um, the Holy Spirit really, we, want, we might be saying the right things, but then the power of the Spirit comes upon us, and what we say is it's just energized. Empowered, it's yeah. empowered. Mm-hmm. It, 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 you know, it, it, it has power to do what it needs to do. Yeah, God says yeah. he does where, his word, doesn't where, return to him void. Yeah, where it comes and it just it does hits, its work. It hits yeah. the mark. Yeah. It brings truth. It brings revelation. It brings healing. Yeah. 
where it's it's Beings alive. Deliverance. You know, you can speak right. the word of God. You know, it can be preached a hundred thousand times on a Sunday morning from a pulpit or you know in a conversation, and it just falls on deaf ears. It just just falls to the ground. It it seems like it's not even heard, not even listened to. You know, or d- distracted doing something else. But when the Holy Spirit anoints the words, He's able to drive those words like lasers into the heart, soul, mind, conscience, whatever, of that other person. And he is doing it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And and so, and people know that there's a difference when the Holy Spirit is carrying that word into that person and it's quickening them and they're getting it and the lights are going on as opposed to just hearing it and it falling on deaf, deaf ears. And Paul told the uh, church at Corinth, he said, when I come to you, I didn't come in mm-hmm. great oratory. I, I just came in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. I just think of this. Years ago, there's a story told about Psalm 23, and it was in an auditorium someplace where they had this famous actor that had this great, powerful voice and everything like that. And they said, well, we're going to just have each of you, and there was this old preacher that was going to read Psalm 23. And so the, the actor read it with, oh, with such eloquence and, you know, enunciation and everything like that. And it was like people were saying, wow. I mean, it was just eloquence, right? And then the uh, the old preacher gets up and he has kind of a crackly voice and he kind of uh, reads it through and, and pauses sometimes with tears coming to his eyes. And the audience said, well, the actor knows the psalm. The preacher knows the shepherd. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, a ma- it's mm-hmm. not a matter of eloquence. It's a matter of power. The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. It's in power. And here's, here's what really is, is lacking many times in, in, in our lives is the, the power of God. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not just power hungry. We're, the power comes with our intimacy with Jesus. But when there is power that comes, there is healing that comes, there's conviction that comes in the hearts of people, and there's life and revelation that comes, that comes when there is the anointing, the empowering of the Holy Spirit through us. And you know, power is important. But it's really in twenty verse 27, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Um, there's, there's the When you minister to whoever and whatever and whatever situation, when you can minister in peace, that is power. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you know I'm not afraid, I'm not abandoned, I'm not alone, um, when I can still say, um, you know, he says in... in Chapter 16, verse 20, he goes and he says, Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. And then he says these things in verse 33, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer, good cheer. I've overcome to the world. You can, you know, it says in the Bible, I has not seen or ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And I really believe that is 
not only right on, but it's, it's really relevant for today because you can focus on the evil, the wicked, the lies, the deception, the treachery, um, the butchering, the this and the that. You can, you, you know, not to say that we're going to just deny it, but it's, we have to know that we are called to be in, at peace knowing that God is in control. God is aware of everything, every hair upon everyone's head that's been attacked. He is in control and he is good and he loves us and he, he will not um, uh, suffer us to, to lead us be, to, to in a, into a temptation beyond or above or beyond that he's able to keep us. He says with every temptation, he's, he is willing, is able to make a way of escape that we're going to be able to bear it. So with ever, whatever the temptation is to be anxious or to be upset or to be angry or to be, you know, aroused against something when the thing is God wants us to be empowered with his spirit, comforted by the helper, know that we're not abandoned, know that we're not alone and then move in the love of God through the peace of God. That is power. Power to stand in this evil day, having done all to stand, as he says in Ephesians. Yeah, it says, um, in the world you may have, or you will have, in some translations, in the world you will have tribulation. But he says, in he, he's spoken to us that we might have peace, like you're saying, Marjorie, in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, okay? Mm-hmm. Be at peace, be of what? Good cheer, like we said right at the beginning today. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And how, How? okay, the world is, is so totally wicked and, and uh-huh. defiled and it's cra- crazy Destroyed. and nasty, mm-hmm. but he said, I've overcome it because he did the will of the Father. When we do the will of the Father, that's how we overcome. God will and claim. We, and we will have peace, and we will have the empowering of the Spirit of God to do greater works than, you know, than, than these. these. And we have the opportunity to do those greater works right now because we're living in a very dangerous time. Yeah, where he says, therefore, he says, if your enemy hungers, in Romans 12, 20, and 21, therefore, if your enemy hungers, feed him. If he thirsts, give him a drink. That can seem like, oh man, how can I do that? Mm-hmm. But through the power of the Spirit, you can do that. While we were yet sinners, while we were enemies, he Christ died for us. Died for, us. Mm-hmm. for in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. And so when love he says, your enemies, he says. Yeah. yeah, and that's what he, that not only love your friends, but love your enemies. And, and By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one for another, in the body of Christ, and even loving the enemy. Right. So We're not basically, given, yep. the Sermon on the Mount goes beyond just mm-hmm. loving your friends, loving your family, but loving your enemies. And here's what he says in verse 21 of Romans 12. Do not be overcome by evil. But there overcome. is, mm-hmm. evil is, what is it talk about? Evil is coming against us constantly. Mm-hmm. It's all around us. It's invading us constantly. Uh, but uh, he but, says but, but he said but overcome evil with good mm-hmm. so when evil comes against us it be, can be overcome while, how by doing good by doing what the lord wants you to do mm-hmm. you can overcome evil you cannot you know overcome all the evil in all the world everywhere but you can overcome evil with good and part of that good is rejoicing being thankful being we're in that season cheer. right now 
Be thankful for what God has provided for you and believe God through the power of the Holy Spirit to provide for you everything that you need, even the things that you don't yet have access to or you're anxious about or trying or tempted to be anxious about. So Father God, we thank you so much for the faithfulness, your faithfulness to complete the work you've begun in us because you are the one who started this. This is your world. Satan has ruined it every way he can. But Lord God, you are going to bring forth a, a new a new world. Your new world order is heaven, the, 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 where the will of God is done with joy and with peace and with love, Father God. So we are looking for your return. We're looking for your kingdom to come. We're here at representing your kingdom on this earth to the people who were set before. And we thank you for giving us joy, peace. Put your joy right in the hearts of your people that they will be encouraged today, that the things that are frightening them and troubling them will be removed. These demonic troublers will be removed by the power of your word and by the sword of your word, that these spirits of fear, anxiety, frustration, murmuring, complaining, depression, I command them in the name of Jesus Christ to leave, remove yourself from the temple dwelling places of the Most High God in those who follow Jesus Christ. Get out and do not come back. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Marjorie, what are, what are some resources that Life Recovery has that would be especially helpful at this oh. time of the year or any time? You've got so much. I think uh, it would be really fun if you would be very courageous and bold and do something totally different in your life and check out the audio drama that we have uh, finished. It's called God on Trial. Is 28 audio episodes, each about a half an hour long. Great for driving in the car, going on vacations, trips with the family. Great for an evening where you're going to do a family devotion or Bible study. Great for discussion groups with people. It, it starts in the garden, in the garden. And it goes through all, all the way up to the crucifixion, resurrection. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a different way to get a very good... In, Dose, education yeah and inspiration yeah. and a very evangelistic tool it's called god on trial you know for the price it's ridiculous i think you can get an episode for what three to five bucks yeah and they're it's about ridiculous. roughly what a half an hour a piece yeah. just, you don't just have to go, listen just, to all 28 at the same time no you can buy them one at a time yeah, how about an, that another thing too we, we have nice for friends Christmas of too. ours that were on a trip recently and texted us and said hey we listened to god on trial for seven and a half hours <laughs> and, and, they, and they weren't and they, tired of it. <laughs> and, and it's like, wow, it was just really But it's a very uh, deep, hidden them. secret. People do not know it even exists, and that's because the devil doesn't want you to know. So now you know something that the devil doesn't want you to know. God on trial at liferecovery.com. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Be of good cheer. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.